It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live Entertainment Review. Roll out the red carpet. Here's Michelle. Yes, it is time to hang out with my friend Adam Holtz as we get you plugged into the movies. We're going to be talking some entertainment review and we're going to be talking about it. Everybody is. So you're going to get our two cents. Let me introduce you to the man who just got back from vacation and brought a cold along with Adam Holtz. I'm pretty cool. Plugging you into the movies. This is Adam Holtz. No, not that kind of cold as in cool, but hey, it's good to have you back, my friend. Thank you. I, I don't sound as cool today as I strive to most weeks, but uh, I will try to be ferociously entertaining. Right on. That's, yes. we, we can expect nothing less on, on this show. I want to get to some of the things we can look forward to this weekend first. It's a pretty slim lift. If you have a Netflix sub- subscription, Probably the best new option is a movie that starts streaming on Friday called Apollo 10 and a Half, A Space Age Childhood. And this movie was done by Richard Linklater, who is uh, an arty, acclaimed director. He did one movie that they filmed over the course of 15 years. And this is a kind of a throwback reflection nostalgia thing. You wanna show us a trailer? Yeah, let's go ahead and take a look. Is our kid. Mission? For what? We accidentally built the lunar module. A little too small. How'd that happen? Listen, are you good at math? Yeah. Do you get a perfect 100 on every test? No. Okay. <laughs> That's real. That makes you feel really good about like NASA, doesn't it? This accidentally smaller version on the lunar surface and soon. Stan, you're our only hope. Okay. Great. Let's forget about all this for now. We'll come back to this part later. First, let me tell you about life back then. Living in the Houston area in the late 60s, it was a great time and place to be a kid. But the world was changing, and so was how we saw ourselves in it. Right on. (laughs) Mom, is that one a hippie? Yeah, yeah, that's a hippie. How about that one? <laughs> it's no, going to be. Well, it looks a little bit. Understand NASA. This may have been at a time where the hidden figures were not employed or something. Right. And they need, okay, there weren't gotcha. any figures employed. Obviously, <laughs> fanciful story by Richard Linklater, who did Boyhood. And it's about this kid, Stan, who gets picked to go to the moon, only nobody knows about it. And Linklater has a real knack for capturing nuances in his films like throwbacks as you're looking at the station wagon you know everyone tossed in yeah you're all rolled around in the back you get the vibe for the kind of movie it is even though it's animated i feel like this is a movie really aimed at almost our generation because we're going to be the last ones that really understand some of those cultural references in terms of having lived through them. Sometimes these kind of movies are important for remembering where we came from. A lot of the problems that we can face in our world are because we have a short attention span and we have a little grasp on history and no concept that history repeats itself. So that's probably the best of what we're looking at this weekend. But there are a couple of other uh, films that are out that are worth talking about. Yep. 
Morbius is the big one in theaters. And if you're a Marvel and Spider-Man fan, Morbius was a vampire enemy released in the 1970s in the comics. This is a pretty different retake on him. And Jared Leto plays a desperate man looking for a cure to his illness, but it turns him into a vampire. Hate so it when that happens. Let's watch the trailer know, and right? listen to the trailer. What have you done? I was trying to help people. But the cure. It's a curse. Michael. I have powers that can only be described as superhuman. But there's a cost. Now, I face a choice to hunt and consume blood. Or die. You will have monsters within us. It's up to us to control it. What if I can't? What if I can't? So he has a choice to hunt and consume blood or to die. And that that's funny watching that because that's how a lot of people felt about the about the vaccine. <laughs> There's subtext here. Honestly, you just saw the whole movie. It's a violent PG-13 movie about a dude who accidentally becomes a vampire and is tortured. And of course, there's another guy who becomes a vampire who's not tortured. He likes being a vampire and they fight. So there you go. You just saved me two hours of my life and of yours as well. You're welcome. If that's your kind of of jam, though, these aren't the sparkly kind of vampires. Then there is better Nate than ever, which is going to lead us into a Disney discussion. And boy, there's a lot of Disney to talk about this week. Uh, Let's take on the movie and then we'll take on who Disney. It's 7 a.m. Today's the day, Mom. They're posting the cast list for the school play today. Get it? Like it's a curtain? Tough crowd. I've got some breaking news. It's an open audition. They're making Lilo and Stitch a Broadway musical. Where would we even sleep? What about your aunt? The Broadway actress. You were the only toddler whose first word was me. (laughs) Let's cast a musical. Does anyone have a special skill they'd like to demonstrate? I can do fiddler on the roof style knee crawls. This I have to see. Mazel tov! <gasps> oh my gosh, my pants. Does anybody have any extra shorts? <clears throat> I'll make you proud of me. Oh, that's kind of cute. That's all we're going to need. Forget New York. I'm just trying to survive seventh grade. Well, that looks uh, like a Disney movie. Fun, enchanting you get other Disney references in it. So let's talk about Better Nate than ever. This is about a Broadway-loving, drama-loving boy named Nate, who, as we heard, is in seventh grade. And he has the dream. In Disney, there are no bad dreams. There are only good dreams. So he talks his friend into basically figuring out how to get from Pittsburgh to New York City. He goes and auditions for Lilo and Stitch, and there's a lot of lying. There's a lot of deception. There's a lot of risk-taking. Wait, I didn't see that in the trailer. I know. <laughs> we're supposed to we're supposed to let it go because it's just a sweet story about a sweet kid, and that's there, except this sweet kid is really narcissistic and ultimately not really as likable as perhaps 
You saw in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, they want him to be. Reminiscent of the Pixar movie, we really saw, like, the Cruella movie was a real yeah, turning Cruella's point for Disney where bad behavior, it's a means to an end. And right. the ends justify the means. A worldview that says the ends justifies the means. You have dreams. Make your dreams come true. A dream is a wish your heart makes. All of that. I would and, sing with you, but it would be ugly. Okay. D Disney, right. uh, the dream spinners. They make the dreams and we have these dreams that come true when you wish upon a star. Whatever yep. it takes. Now, that logical conclusion is whatever it takes to make your dreams come true make your dreams come true it's beautiful be true to yourself but we don't realize that the wages of sin is death that there that when you go about things the wrong way there is a price to pay things yeah. go wrong and it doesn't make you a happier or a better person and those dreams can become nightmares two of the things i want to say they never actually come out and say that, that this boy is gay but there are every gay stereotype in the book is in here. I am offended at that kind of stereotype. What does right. that say? That if you're a boy and you enjoy acting and you want to be on Broadway, then you're gay. What the right. heck? That is absolutely right. unacceptable. It's putting a, a little Mexican kid on, on a cartoon and saying, oh, he always has to take a siesta and he only eats beans and burritos. We right. would be incensed at cultural appropriation. This is what leads us into a big problem with Disney. Disney has come out, no pun intended, and basically said they want to make all of their programming as queer as possible. One of the executives wants to add queerness wherever she can, and they want 50% of their characters moving forward to be LGBTQ characters. Um, we can listen to her very words. She's a Disney corporate president, uh, Carrie Burke. And she says that she's a mother of one transgender child and one pansexual child. She supports having many LGBTQIA alphabet mafia characters in Disney stories. Let's listen to her. LGBTQ stories over the years where one of our execs stood up and said, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many LGBTQIA characters in our stories, and yet we don't have enough leads and narratives in which gay characters just just get to be characters. And that's what you have to look forward to. Walt Disney himself was quite conservative. There was a, a family values element. So he has got to not only be rolling over in his grave, but Disney has also, if you have not heard this news, come out against uh, Florida's law that prohibits people from grooming children under the age of third grade. The bill has been deemed don't say gay. There's nothing written that says you can't say gay. It says you are not not allowed to have curriculum and uh, take kids aside, talk about sexuality, sex, sexual identity when a kid is 
is still learning how to go to the bathroom properly. At the Oscars, which we're going to get to in just a moment, Adam, they were praising Disney, the number one uh, outlet for children's programming. Children will watch a cartoon again and again ad nauseum. That's indoctrination to a degree. So that's, again, where you check your worldview. If your worldview says, this is culture appropriation over here, but over here it's okay to stereotype, wonder our world is spinning out of control. There are so many things that we could talk about here, but I think one of them is why and where does this impulse to sexualize childhood come from? And so for people who are talking about grooming and saying, oh, it's not grooming, I'm like, why are we talking about it? Why are we planting these ideas? Why are we planting these suggestions? Why can we not let children be children and let their parents communicate what their parents choose to communicate when they choose to communicate it, as opposed to the indoctrination that you're talking about, which now we're talking about at the school level, at the entertainment level, like, what if I don't want to watch a cartoon that has openly gay characters? Like, that feels like a new thing. We used to be able to have animated movies and not have to worry about whether an animated character was gay or bi or whatever. Programming in like, the communist block, everything has to have a governmental slant yep. to it to indoctrinate. We see that. We've seen that with politics. We've seen that with point of views. And we all crave the opportunity to go to a sporting event, to watch a movie, and just enjoy it for entertainment factor and not be sitting there like we're in the church of the jihadist uh, leftist agenda. I certainly don't want to see that for our children. Where do we get to this point, Adam, where we think it is so loving to tell a child that you're not okay the way you are. You're going to have to get things cut off. We're going to have to medically alter you in order for you to feel good about yourself. What does that say? So that's okay then when we have a 10-year-old little girl who wants to get breast implants and a nose job. That's okay too. Again, check your worldview. Well, and I think that we have to look back at how did we get to this place in our culture, we were talking about that earlier with Apollo 10 and a half, we began to embrace an ever more radical form of individualism while rejecting God. And so all of this stuff that's happening with sexuality is largely a symptomatic outgrowth because we now see, we view culturally, and by we, mainstream culture, not a Christian perspective, we view sexuality as the most important thing about ourselves and the most important path to happiness and something that needs to be totally individual. And we're now promulgating that entire worldview as young as we possibly can, as opposed to stopping and saying, okay, can we have a conversation about what the purpose and place of our sexuality is? And is it intended to be the entirety of our person? And as as a Christian man, I will raise my hand and say, I'm really glad that God created sex the way he did. It was, it's very good, but it's not my entire identity. And it's also not nothing. That's the other thing. Culture says, oh, sex, it's just innocent. It doesn't matter. We don't need to worry about it. Or it's our entire identity and we have to have all these letters to spell it out and we have to process everything through it. I think Christianity actually offers a middle road that says it's important. There are consequences. God designed it with a purpose 
but it's not your entire identity and it's not nothing. And we're trying to live in that tension in a culture that I think gets it wrong in both ways. For example, as we look at the Oscars, was it Ariana DeBose who won Best Supporting Actress for her role in in the West Side Story? Adam, she had to come up and say thank you as a a queer woman. I don't go up and get awards and say, as a woman who enjoys sexual encounters with my husband, I accept this award. With the Oscars, we'll start with the the easy stuff. People of color are, are being recognized recognized. Not enough alphabet mafia people are being recognized. And yet, when you look at the performance at the Oscars, there was nary a white person that very few. So it was overrepresented. Uh, When you look at statistics of black people in America, it's 13%. So you should have maybe 13% recognized. Now, Hollywood is saying, has put out an announcement for the Oscars, for the Academy Awards, for the Academy, that in order to be recognized, you have to have a good portion, up to 50% of your characters that have to be POC and LGBTQ XYZ. So that has to happen. So we're now to a full on this is the way it has to be, even though it's way overrepresented. That's the right. first thing that was weird about the Oscars. Are you creating art? Or are you creating propaganda? Like mm-hmm. age old question. At what point are you so committed to communicating your message that it's not even art anymore? It's just an Orwellian movie. <laughs> uh, I think that's the direction we're headed. Uh, <clears throat> and I think real art is going to suffer. And I think that there are, even a few on the left who are beginning to say, maybe we don't want to go that far. Maybe we don't want to mandate all this stuff because... What's scary is they're not on the left anymore. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. As we uh, look more at the Oscars, Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, Wanda uh, Sykes hosted the Oscars. Before we even take on the slap, the entire program was embarrassingly sophomoric it was like going to a high school talent show and having three high school girls get up there and think that they're funny entertaining engaging they just weren't amy schumer in uh some kind of spider-man outfit dangling from a rope shooting out silly string and saying silly things it was ridiculous wanda in particular was saying gosh i saw what happened with that slap and I was just I was aghast I was taken back I was offended I'm still suffering today I'm like sweetheart that's how I felt about your performance I'm not kidding let's talk about that I think as I watched what had happened I had so many different thoughts simultaneously go through my head and mostly when I went back and watched the unedited one afterwards but one of my first thoughts was (laughs) if this were a movie somebody did this in a movie it would be called gritty and courageous wow yes and what an amazing piece of art and when the academy immediately came out with a statement that says we don't condone violence in any way all the violent movies that you <laughs> each year hollywood your world wants to have it both ways right <clears throat> oh indeed they do we'll watch the the slap and this was just after the joke was told, Jada Smith and uh, G.I. Jane, which I just want to say, 
I know people say, well, she has alopecia, and so that's what makes this joke bad. G.I. Jane wasn't a bad character. G.I. Jane right. was kick butt and attractive and cool if you wanted to put a spin on it you could say he was taking a hard and bad situation and saying see hey you can go out for gi jane you're awesome you could have taken it that way and i almost wonder if will smith did because you see him laughing just afterwards until his wife was like i'm not we are not amused we are not amused let's look That was a nice one. Okay. There's Will Smith all happy and then we'll... (laughs) That was a a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh. Richard. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. I'm sorry for the language. It's only going to get worse from there. According to the Academy, they're going to be looking at maybe sanctions. If that were Adam Holtz walking up, you would have already been in jail. He was asked to leave or talked to and he outright refused. And he got an Academy Award for a best actor and blubbered on stage about love and, and such. And you're going, wait, this is Hollywood hypocrisy. It on steroids. Well, there's there's Hollywood hypocrisy in every single direction here. And first, I think clearly we can just say Will Smith did a bad thing, right? You don't get to go up on stage and hit somebody to assault them. No, so, have, if you've ever been to a comedy show, no. there's going to be people offended. And they heckle. Right. Even comedians are saying, we're already being shut down. We're already being saying, saying you know, what you're saying is politically incorrect. And they're saying, what's next? Because Will Smith gets to do it. Everybody else gets to. Whoa. Right. Whoa. The next thing I thought about was Hamilton. That there was a time in our country not very long ago when there was an affront to honor. You went out back and shot it out. And it feels like a throwback to hmm. what? used to be i'm not saying that's right or good i'm just saying that was my immediate thought and i think my wow. third thought was and this isn't in no way to let will smith off the hook he lost his temper he lost perspective and he made a bad choice and now there are going to be a ton of consequences for him for that choice most of us when we lose temper and lose perspective and make a bad choice don't do it on stage with 16 million people watching <laughs> yeah. and have 16 million opinions on why and how our choice was as bad as it was. So on one hand, Jesus came in truth and we have to tell the truth about it, but he also came in grace. There isn't much grace in Hollywood. I think he made a terrible hot-headed decision and he's paying for it. You You could see that on when he was receiving his award as we're still figuring out was that staged. It's so sad that the Oscars were so bad and so sophomoric and so ridiculous and so not just not grown up and professional that you're wondering was that staged (laughs) and we're still talking about it and some people just still don't know. We saw a hurting man. People in in our crowd were saying he's got to be hurting. He's in an open marriage. 
he's recently come to this place where he's openly talked about wanting to get back to a godlike faith, right? Faith yeah. in God. That's that is a hard road, especially in the pig pen there of of Hollywood. Denzel Washington had come up to him afterwards and said, "Hey, when you're at your height, that's when the devil's going to strike." Essentially, will mention that on stage, and it sounded like the devil made me do it. It sounded a little bit like an excuse, but. But again, I found myself putting myself in his shoes and just saying it was the straw that broke the camel's back. At some level, something in him snapped and he couldn't take it. This plays back to what we were talking about, indoctrinating our kids in the new sexual revolution. That point of view, go with your heart. This is what I'm born to do. It ends in hurt and pain. That is not a a happy man. That's not, and, right. and having an open marriage is not what we were designed to do. No. Even if it's our nature, even if we feel like that's how we were born to behave, even if we're drawn to that, we are better. We see that with uh, the unfortunate uprising of pedophilia that says, scientifically, it seems like people were born this way. You have Psychology Today writing articles on this, Adam, and they've had to say we have to be able to rise above. How long is it until we're not saying that anymore? Because that's what's happening as well, because that is the logical conclusion of a broken world view. I want to put this up on screen. Will Smith had given an apology. Violence in it, all its forms is poisonous and destructive. Hello, Hollywood. Right. <laughs> My behavior was unacceptable. So why are you peddling this stuff? Power of the Dog, incredibly violent movie, was up for a bunch of Academy Awards this year. I can just go back. Country for Old Men, The Revenant, and I can just tick them off the top of my head. Inglorious Bastards by Quentin Tarantino, mindlessly, incredibly violent films that absolutely glorify violence in different ways. And so if you're going to stand up and say that we care about violence, you better be saying, how can we tell stories that don't rely on violence in a way that glorifies it? Because I I just think... The hypocrisy is everywhere here as far as Hollywood's concerned. Two more instances of hypocrisy uh, as we talk about the Academy Awards, the Oscars, uh, the swag bags worth $140,000 each. That's more than, that's more than twice. I paid in gas this month. (laughs) I know. Isn't that true? Sorry. Sorry. Trip for trip for uh, two to (laughs) Scotland to stay in a castle, Botox, uh, liposuction, a swag bag that you get at the Oscars uh, more than most people make in in a couple of years. It's it's absolutely inane. So out of touch. But what I was just taken back at was a. some of the other antics that now no one remembers because of the slap. Regina Hall's performance in calling up some of her fellow actors no. and saying like a co- this COVID skit, we're going to take you back and I'm going to put a swab down my tongue down your throat and then frisking and well, rubbing. She practically groped these guys on stage. She did grope those guys, not Does practically. Me too, like is me too paying attention? 
Does it work the other way? No. And it's inappropriate when you have had men in Hollywood who have said, I've been sexually assaulted. And you completely ignore that. That is what happens when you allow the lunatics to run the asylum. You see that night in the Academy Awards, no one would have known about the Academy Awards if it wasn't a slap. Oh, really? Was that last night? But what you do see now because of that, because of some of the other antics, you see a celebration of, of illogical worldview and the natural outpouring of what happens when you walk down that road. I'm going to ask you another question. Uh, Disney being really at the forefront. uh, I I love that Governor DeSantis said, hey, last I checked, it was the people of Florida that made the decisions with our laws, not some company in California. I'm sorry. I'm wondering, is Disney going to say, okay, we're shutting down Disney World in Florida? Are they willing to you know, lose money that way? They made a decision when about 100, only 100 out of thousands upon thousands of employees walked out and staged a demonstration. It made national news when there are demonstrations of the tens of thousands of people that have taken place during the lockdowns and stuff. It doesn't get that much coverage. So you see the imbalance. And so Disney's caving there. The more moderate and conservative voices in Disney are not being heard. They're even afraid of speaking up. Shame on you. Speak up. I'm wondering as parents now, are we going to say, okay, I've had enough of Disney? Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Because I think we've had enough of it going forward, but you've still got 60 years of a legacy that a lot of us have an emotional connection to. And so What do you do with that? Every family is going to have to answer that question for themselves. But I think that they have certainly put us on notice to be not only just expecting, but to be looking for stories that are ramming a worldview down our throats that we don't agree with. Or you may not disagree But you may feel, I I think for the most of our listeners, yes, they probably do. But just to be balanced, you don't have to disagree to say, I don't want my kids indoctrinated this way. We're going to wrap up, but I want to give you the final word. I want to end on a little bit of a brighter note. Yes, please. (laughs) One of the quieter unintended consequences of Will Smith's choice this week was what we should be talking about is CODA, which is the movie that won Best Picture. And CODA stands for Children of Deaf Adults. And it's about a young girl with two deaf parents who really realizes that she wants to be a singer. Now, this movie's rated PG-13. There are some inappropriate moments. There's actually quite a bit of language. So this is not a kid's movie, but it's a pretty great movie about a kind of disability in a family that we don't see very often. I think it's safe to say it was a shock winner. Yeah. Nobody expected No, I thing. expected it to be Dune. We expected to see Benedict Cumberbatch up there for Power of the Dog. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That too. It, this, it's worth checking out our full review of CODA at PluggedIn.com if you're interested in learning more about it. Because it's a movie that's got some really great things going for it, 
even as it has some content too. Yeah, and and the, some of the films uh, that were up are worth a see. You just if you just don't know, you can go to Plugged In and get a rundown on all of the films that were nominated. Get a little insight so you don't waste your time because you can never get those couple of hours back. And what about the pluggies? You all have uh, Plugged In Movie Awards. When is that? The pluggies actually came out last week, and I confess it's been a little bit off my radar because because I- we've been. Yeah. Out last week. So you can go to plugged in to our blog and we give awards in four categories. We said the best movie for kids was Encanto. For teens was Spider-Man No Way Home. For adults was a movie called Mass, which is a heavy movie, but one worth thinking about. And best Christian movie was The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis. If you want more information, you can go to MyMichelleLive.com, PluggedIn.com. You can also find a link on our website. Adam, thanks for joining us. And you, thank you. Like us, share us. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.